The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, November 9th, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 57. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've got a gumbo show for you today. We've got a lot of different topics we're going to hit. Before we get to that, Nick, give me a quick 57. You remember Baron Wortham? Yes, I do. Linebacker. Yeah. I do. He came from the Titans, right? Yeah, you know what yeah. I like about him? He he came from the Titans. He was a good player. Yeah. Uh, four or five years, good player. Yeah. And uh came in like 2000. He, he actually w- wasn't. I think he was one of the holdovers from the Oilers. I think he Maybe. moved from the Oilers. I think. He wore 52, and yeah. he got here, and he said, you know what? This young guy that they got, Dexter Coakley, he's, he's, got, he's, he's got it going. I'm not going to take his number. I'll, I'll just 57. It's fine. He was a cool dude. Yeah, he was. Good he's a good dude. Yeah. 57, Baron Wortham. I can't think of anyone. Else, really, can you? Current guys? Current? No. Damian Wilson wore it. Um, yeah. Victor Butler? How about Devontae Holloman? Ah, Ooh. that was one of my. I, I was. That's Man, probably that's... one of the saddest stories in the time I've covered the Cowboys that he didn't get a chance to really yeah. let his career. When we, when we do that documentary on the what could have been, yeah. guys, is that him? He'll be up. He'll be up there. What yeah. could have been for a lot of reasons. Um, David Irving. Yeah, you know. Oh, I thought you meant fifty-seven. I was like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> We're fifty-seven. No, no, just guys that, that just weird on him. Yeah, I got you. Guys yeah. that just man, they, it could have been, could have been yeah. something different. There's yeah. a few guys like that, but that actually would be a good documentary. Put that on your list, Nick. I think uh, I, I think I still, I'm, I'm not gonna say I follow Holloman, but his name pops up from time to time. Like he was a, he was like a GA at South Carolina after his career, and then I think he's coaching high school football now. Okay, That's, I could see that. Avante Hall. I just I feel like maybe it wouldn't be surprising if one day I see him. Not I'm not saying like a head coach, but like in college or the NFL, just like oh yeah, like Wait. the linebackers coach Devontae Holloman. I'm like, well, I'm just, what? Okay. That just reminds me of another guy that I keep seeing a lot of that's coaching, and he maybe wore 57. Kevin what? Burnett. Uh, Kevin, I don't think it was 57. I don't know. I don't know. But he anyway, definitely is coaching now. Yeah, yeah he's, he's coaching, coaching a lot. You see yeah, him definitely coaching. doing a lot of things. Maybe he wasn't 57. Shout out to the bros. Was yeah. he? Is he? Was Sorry, he? Is he? There's no such thing as There's was no, he. Tra- hey, I had a, I got a long. You can't get kicked out. We had a long, nice conversation. Yeah, we had a long information session. You can't session. get kicked out of, of the Omegas? Yeah, I guess, but that's not that's not normal. Yeah. Once you get kicked bro, out of anything. Always a bro. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and even if you get kicked out, like, you're still a bro. You're still in. Always, okay. what, if you, be a bro. what if you go to the other team? There's no that does not happen. Okay. That, that ain't gonna happen. All right, real quick before in we get weeds. into Yeah, before we get into the Cowboys talk, I, I do need to real quick, I gotta say happy birthday to my mom. It is her seventieth birthday. Wow. Um and so I'm just like very, very excited for her today. It's like a really big milestone for her. Happy awesome birthday. Mom. Awesome. Happy mom. birthday. I, I know she's listening because she's a longtime breaker. Like she's yeah. been listening since it was just me and you doing this. So she's been listening to pretty much every episode since we started doing this. So Oh. I got a video you can send her. Which yeah. one? Well, she's listening. Oh, okay. But, uh, so, okay. Yeah. Basically. But yeah, I'll tell you, basically, like four years ago, I got Zach Martin to say, 
happy birthday to my dad wearing number 70. He yeah. was wearing 70. Happy birthday from number 70, Zach Martin. And he said, you know, and then three years later when my mom turned 70, I kind of trimmed off the first part when he talked uh, to my dad, and I sent it to, to her. Happy birthday. So I have a happy birthday from number that 70. That would have been That's so awesome. That would have been so awesome if you just had not just said that on the air. Like, actually, I could have used <laughs> it. kind of said that maybe he shouldn't, and you told him to say it anyway. I did. You're right. I did. You think we're going to get a flat tire in the ditch here as we're just maybe. driving here? Maybe. Wasn't, didn't you write an article about that? Something about flat tires? <laughs> I said, and... if you start, if you keep driving on a flat, it will end in a blowout. <laughs> Well, okay, let's jump in real quick again. Happy 70th birthday to you, Mom. We love you. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Let's talk a little bit about injuries. Let's start first with there because there are quite a few uh, that we need to catch up on. Let's start with Tyron Smith. We'll see. And yeah. We'll see. That's what, that's what Jerry said. Okay. We'll see. Okay, after you read through what Jerry said and what Mike said, what's your thought? I don't. I truly. I truly don't have a read. I know. Doctor Jerry says the best way to get over this injury is to give it rest and to get back on it. Well, well, he did. He say, did say. Well, but he say did that. say. He did say that it, this is not one of those injuries. He said it's going to get better whether yeah. you're on it or not. Is what he said. And, and okay. right. And okay. he said. He said this is an injury about pain. How much pain can he tolerate? Yeah. So. That makes me wonder, like, can he come back this week and just deal with a lot of pain? Or after sitting out a week, is the pain lessened to where it does make sense for him to get he back out? He was out. He was with the rehab crew yesterday working and getting up on it. Like, he's not off his feet. He's he's taking steps to getting back onto the field. I don't know what that means for this week. If it's about if it's about pain tolerance, I'm not going to bet against Tyron Smith. That's for damn sure. So, yeah. I Thursday. Thursday is the new day where I sort of make determinations about how I feel about things. Because we've said with Garrett, it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're ramping up. But now it's they kind of do stuff Wednesday. Thursday's the real practice. They don't practice at all, really, on Friday. And then they do something Saturday. So Thursday's the padded practice. We'll see what he does. All right. Talk to me about Ezekiel Elliott. He had the, uh, I think it was a knee contusion there in the game. They wrapped it in a, a heating pad. Then he came back on the field. Mm-hmm. What are we hearing at this point? Zeke said after we were done asking him about that, when the interview was over, he was just like, I'm doing this every week. It's the first time y'all have asked me about it. Like he, I mean, it's, well, it's the first time he's come out of a game for it, it's, right? I, I, he didn't come out of the game, though. Like He rotates with Pollard all the time. That's Yeah, I, but after after it, after it the guy fell on it, you saw him limping, and he they, he called. He went on to the sideline, and then he, he didn't come back out the next— Now, maybe that was already going to be Pollard's— Series, but I'm just, I'm just saying he didn't miss like this crazy amount of time. Yeah. He went back in in the same quarter that he left. Uh, he's been dealing with this all season. He's been on the injury report before. It's football. I'm not going to say he's fine because I'm sure it bothers him, but yeah. he's not going to miss time because well, of this. he was playing thirty to nothing, right? Wasn't he out there towards yeah, for the end? A while, he was yeah. definitely out there. In the, didn't yeah, he get a two game. point conversion? Yes. Yeah, so, the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's. You know, I mean, I think that that's a good sign there too. Yeah. If if it was really bad and the game was out of reach, you know, he so like I said, like if I if I told him you're fine, right, he'd probably like laugh. Like, of course I'm not fine. I get Relative. the crap beat out of me every week, but <laughs> right. I'm gonna play. Yeah. I feel like I'm good. I'm good. It's not a big deal. All right. Let's talk about Michael Gallup and Tank Lawrence. Both still have not returned. Michael Gallup's gonna play against the Falcons. Okay. All right. Okay. Tank Lawrence. Uh... <laughs> 
That, no. I mean, no. we've been talking about, and, yeah, and I think he, it was it was longer than a lot of people anticipated. I think that's fair. I think part of that was, Jerry even said that today. He was like, it was close enough that in hindsight, you're like, maybe we should have played him in this game. Of course, nobody in the world thought they really needed him. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said last week that if he didn't play against Denver, he'd be ready for Atlanta. He's, his practice window is up either t- tomorrow or Thursday. They have to activate him. He's going to be up and playing against the Falcons. Yep, needed, and and needed. Um, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they how they rotate him in. But yeah, um, probably less reps for Noah Brown, maybe, or definitely Malik Turner. You know, yeah. but he wasn't playing a whole lot anyways until it got bad. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm anxious to see kind of how they. And even Jerry said this morning that his deep threat. You know that's something that we're you know needed and 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 something that Gallup obviously provides. Yep. Uh, Tank, to my knowledge, they have not started the twenty-one day no, window. So and uh, they won't this week. Yeah. What did we say last week? I, I feel like I, I we feel said like we're hopeful for for Thanksgiving. That right. would be fun, but that even that I mean it's wild how the season works that way where you look and all of a sudden Thanksgiving is two weeks away yeah you know? so uh might be Saints we'll see and and I, like I get that that's frustrating because he got injured week two and you say two months so two months from September 18th is November I get that but that it, it, these things don't always follow a perfectly linear path and even if he's even if he comes back in December, You've still got him for four or five games, and then on top of where whatever happens with the playoff situation, yeah. which despite the sky falling this week, still think it's a good bet the Cowboys will be in the playoffs. Um, they haven't, we haven't walked off of that one. Well, yeah. it depends who you talk to, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So we'll we'll see. I I would still I'm still hopeful for Thanksgiving, but maybe a little bit later. All right. Um, let's let's talk a little bit of Broncos strategy. Um, this week we we heard some interactions after the game. Uh, Vic Fangio, who is the head coach of the Broncos, said uh, that the, the the teams haven't played the Cowboys right. Talking about how well they were able to perform against this Cowboys offense, McCarthy says in response to that, uh, "This is a copycat league. I hope they do so." And he was talking about referring to, to even Dak's comment where he said, "You know, I hope teams do actually look at this and want to keep doing what they did because I think we can beat that." Um, and and we even talked about it a little bit last week. Brandon Staley is a kind of a disciple of Vic Fangio, and and the Cowboys did have some challenges offensively against the Chargers. That was one of the defenses that's probably given them more trouble than any other defenses this year. And and so my question for you guys is, what did you see in this game that may have been? Uh, the Achilles heel or the thing that can give Dallas a bit of problem. What did they do that was very different maybe than other teams have been able to do? I'll be very transparent. This, I mean, it's Tuesday morning. It's super annoying. The, the game pass all 22. I don't know if it's up yet. It, it usually isn't up till Tuesday. I haven't had a chance to watch any type of all 22 angle and give you some type of great breakdown of it. But just off the rip, and Mike, Mike McCarthy probably said this four times, the Denver, Denver played match man, which without going too far into the weeds it's it's what he's known for which is dropping in coverage match man is basically 
you can switch between more of a zone look and a man look depending on what you see, which sounds insanely difficult to me and takes a high amount of precision and communication. You can go, uh, Brian Baldinger did a great breakdown of this. If you, Baldy's breakdowns, he goes viral like every Monday of the interception that Caden Stearns had of Dak. He had a guy coming out of the slot. He was carrying him over the middle of the field, realized what Dak was doing, communicated with the safety behind him and passed his guy off and then dropped into a zone in the middle of the field and was just waiting for the pass. All of that happened in the time since the ball was snapped. You just, Mm -hmm. again, you got to be on your P's and Q's and you can just move within the scheme depending on what you see. That's not unique to Denver, though. Like That's the thing that most NFL teams can do. I think the big difference for me is that Denver didn't have to bring extra pressure to bother Dak. They, um, the stat going around is they blitzed 14% of the time. Which so is the lowest of the The lowest of the season they, by far. Yeah. Dak was like running away with the league lead in terms of how often he was getting blitzed. So not only were they not doing that, which means you can have six, seven, maybe even eight guys in coverage, but they were still getting home. Like the... The ridiculous Hail Mary that we talked about yesterday where Dak had like he got all the way out to the sideline and threw it 60 yards to Dalton Schultz on a third and 21. It's three man rush. And they still bothered him that much to where he was flushed and had to run 20 yards to the sideline. I just think Denver did a way better job of pressuring him with fewer people than anybody we've seen before. I, it's easy to blame the tackles, but I wonder if there was more to it than that. Yeah, and I think just um, like any game, you know, not being able to run, you know, running the football can offset a lot of those things, a lot of the down and distance that you get yourself in. And that, that I thought, was a big problem, too. First and second, really on first down, they just never seemed to get anything going. Um, you know, every once in a while they did, but it just felt like it was second and nine, second and eight, second and ten. And, and unlike what Denver was able to do on second down on offense, the Cowboys just weren't able to do that. When This was the one game I thought this year that when they got behind the chains, they didn't make up for it. And we, we were noticing that they could do that in a lot of these games. Penalties weren't hurting them. Sacks early weren't hurting them because they, they were explosive enough. Not in this game. And I think what Dave said, I mean, I just think that getting pressure, because when you can play that way, then you can play zone and man and do all that because you're, you're, you're getting there. And I mean, it's a... It, it's unbelievable when you think about the injuries that they've had and then trading Von Miller away and Chubb and Miller were supposed to be their guys. And, you know, and, and you go back and look early in the season, they were they were playing really well on defense, still are. Yeah. I mean, so, go ahead. I, I just, if, if I learned anything from this matchup, I, I don't know much about Vic Fangio. He's in the A. I mean, I know who he is. He was in Chicago. His, Very well respected sure, defensive coordinator. He's yeah. a great defensive mind. I knew all of that. The two deep safeties, he's a big part of what everybody's trying to do. I just didn't know a lot about him as a guy. And I came out of this matchup like, okay, Vic Fangio has a really high opinion of himself, which a lot of football coaches do. But not only did he say – he said three things after the game that I, I missed because, you know, we cover the Cowboys. We're focused on what happened to the Cowboys. Right. In the post-game press conference, he said, nobody's played them the right way. He said, you know, I'm in charge of the defensive calls and the alignments, so we knew that was going to be good. Like, that's my responsibility, (laughs) so we knew we were going to be on top of that. And then he started out his press conference by saying, as Jimmy Johnson would say, how about them Broncos? All in the span of, like, 10 minutes. So I was just like, man, this meant a lot to you, or you're really amped about this win. Like, tip your cap. They beat their ass. But I just... I I came out of it like damn Vic Fangio like talk 
talk your trash, I guess, man. Yeah, he's going to be good coordinator for someone next year. <laughs> well, uh, honestly, he had to double down in that instance. Well, yeah. I mean, because it, all week I'm sure he was telling his team, nobody thinks you guys can win. Everybody's counting you out. We're going to go in there. We're going to beat them. And, and so when you do that, that's the kind of win that can propel sure. you to some better things. Like they're a middling team right now, yeah. but they certainly can get on a run maybe if they can have the right pieces in place and do the right things. I'm really interested to see where they go. Because if yeah. they play like that, they're going to win a lot more games. And AFC is not like – nobody's running away with the no. AFC. So but we've also – like, and that's the reason why those of us on the outside took them lightly – they haven't looked like that all yeah. year. Like, they're struggling to score 17, 18 points in games, losing to the Browns, who didn't have anybody the week they played. Yeah. They, I mean, so I'm just – are they all of a sudden going to go on this run and contend for the AFC West, or a month from now are they going to be hovering around 500, losing to bad so, teams, and we're like, man, that's a bad-looking they, loss. They're <laughs> going to lose next week at home against Philly. They just will. What? Think so? Yeah, just the way it works yeah. out for the cow. Yeah, yeah. You, they beat the Cowboys. They beat their ass, and then so the Cowboys are like, well, f- well, at least, at least you can just keep it up and beat Philly. They won't. They won't. They the five mean, and four. They they won't. They won't. I don't that. think you're definitely wrong, but Philly ain't great either. No, no, yeah. they're and not. I think I think the home not. field. See, for for teams like Philly. I think the home field advantage in Denver is hard to overcome when you're not just a better team, and I don't think Philly's a better we'll, team. We'll like that, the altitude is a like that's a that's a hard thing to get that ready is, for. That is a tough place to play. Yeah. At, this is morbid, but I was wondering. You remember we went up there in '17. Bronco fans do this annoying thing every time the opposing team throws incomplete. They yell incomplete. Remember that? Yeah. Dak threw like 40 incompletions that day. It was so annoying. <laughs> In the fourth quarter on Sunday, I was like, are we going to hear that here? Like, are there enough Bronco fans that are now, pumped that enough about gotten... That would have been demoralizing. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, I, we didn't hear it, which was nice. So how concerned are you guys? All that being said, how concerned are you that other teams really can do this to the Cowboys? That that maybe playing coverage against Dallas and, and mixing up your coverages to where Dak can't get a good pre-snap read and be able to get rid of the ball quick. How much do you think that can affect them if other teams are able to do that to them? I'm not, and I, I know I know that the Chargers and the Broncos aren't identical. No team is doing right. the exact same stuff, but that's Staley's part of that tree. Staley does the same stuff. He he got a head coaching job because of what he was doing as the DC with the Rams, and they piled up yards on the Chargers. Uh, and and it and Dak people disguising coverages has never bothered him to this point. Like the windows that he can fit throws into, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, and I think there's a little bit of defiance there where it's like you're not going to be like, oh, I hope we don't see that. Like Dak's a really confident guy. Of course he's going to say he hopes to see more of it. But no, I'm not, I think, I I'm think not super worried about uh, it. There's a lot of factors involved there. I mean, the, not everybody can do what, what Denver does. Not not everybody schemes it the same way. They don't have the pass rushers the same. They don't have the, the, the discipline in their secondary. You have to you have to be really well coached. You can't just go out and just do the same thing um, and say, well, we're just going to run the same stuff that the that the 85 Bears ran and we'll be <laughs> fine. You know, it, it didn't it doesn't always work the same. Um, but also, you know, I, I think what we said yesterday and let's don't, you know, underestimate the fact that, that the, the wide receivers were, were not at 100%. All that they were out of sync with the quarterback and that's not what we've seen all year long. So if Atlanta comes in here and does it, then I think the next Monday we'll, we'll hit panic buttons and stuff like that. But um, I, I just think there's a lot of factors. And 77, the left tackle, I think that's a big factor as well. 
I don't. I, I mean, whoever the, whoever was rushing to the edge for Denver, I don't think has the same kind of success. I guarantee you, if I would have interviewed Terrence or, or Tyron Smith after the game, he probably wouldn't have been like, "Yeah, it was a lot cha- more challenging than I thought it would be over there." No. Yeah. Well, that was. A, I mean, that's a seventh round pick that got his first two sacks of his career against Terrence Steele. I don't. <laughs> no, I don't know that he gets on the stat sheet against Tyron. Yeah, which yeah, and so. yeah I mean, I, Tyron being in the lineup is a big part of that. Although, as we talked about and will continue to talk about, you can't count on that. You can't count on it this week, and who knows how many more weeks where that'll be an issue. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our first break. Come back. We got to talk about the defense, and I want to di- zero in a little bit on Trayvon Diggs. We didn't get a chance to talk about him yesterday, but Coach McCarthy had something very interesting to say about his aggressiveness. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. All right, it's time to celebrate Christmas at the Star with Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza, powered by Reliant. It's a 20-minute show. electrifies the Star in Frisco with a powerful mix of game day excitement and Christmas cheer every Friday and Saturday at 6 p.m. November 19th. Through December 18th, admission and parking are free shipping. For more information, visit thestardistrict.com. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at The Star. Dave will be our uh, master of ceremonies at that event. Uh, really? Celebrating Christmas. So uh, make sure you go out and check out Dave. He'll be out there taking pictures. may even wear Santa suit. We'll when, see how it goes. When is this? It starts November 19th. I think you don't, read, you don't listen to the reads. No, yeah. what are you and doing Dave, while I'm doing the read? The read is for you. I'm looking at Twitter. Dave oh. will be all in on this, and, sure. and uh, we'll be out there uh, just bringing a lot of Christmas cheer. What's um, what's the Twitter verse saying right now? But oh, every, about everything. Is it is it Cowboys Twitter or is it LSU going to beat Arkansas? It's Twitter? everything. It's for every, Dave, right? It's everything. Yeah, it's I follow everything. like three thousand people. <laughs> Need constant. 
stimulation all the time. Is that the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, grab your phone and look at Twitter? Oh my. Yeah. And turn off my alarm. Uh, yeah, Twitter, I check like what Rappaport and Shefty are saying just to make sure make I didn't was no news miss anything crazy. Yeah. Maybe check in with TikTok, try to get a get a laugh in before I get up. Yes, I look at my phone for probably 20 minutes before I get out of bed. <laughs> and dog's just looking at you like, like what can are we, we go to the home? bathroom? Can I, yeah, can I please go outside no, here? He's, he knows better. He's like, he'll get up when he wants to get up. <laughs> I just got to hold it just so <laughs> keep holding it. Basically. Keep holding it. All right, let's get back in. Uh, I wanted to talk about Trayvon Diggs. This defense, they had six plays that were 20-plus yards, uh, including a 44-yard touchdown to Tim Patrick. Uh, that was some of the work of, of Trayvon Diggs uh, after the game when asked about it. I think, Dave, I think you were the one that even asked him about it. And, and his response was, his response was, it was a double move, good throw, good catch. And, I mean, pretty simple. That's exactly what it was. And we've heard that now a couple times here in the last few weeks where teams got him with a double move. Um, and and I actually, I saw Mike McCarthy said something that was interesting uh, when asked about that. He said he's probably a little too aggressive right now. Some of his penalties reflect that. That's really the focal point of what we want him to improve. But by no means do we want to take want him to lose his aggressiveness. That's a big part of who he is. So my question for you guys is, where's the balance? Do you think they need to kind of coach him to be less aggressive and in doing that risk the fact that he gives up the aggressiveness that gets the turnovers? Or do you let him just keep playing and, and hope that he can just be a little more, um, a little more smart about when he's yeah. going to be aggressive and not? Well, I mean, it's no coincidence. I mean, he didn't even know who Night Train Lane was and Everson Walls. And now he's getting compared to these guys and their stats and has a chance to break records and all that. And how could you not want to keep doing that? Yeah. And, and, and it's working. Um, and then now teams are figuring out ways to, to you know, kind of offset that. So um, there's no – I don't think there's a right answer to this. It's just like we always say, how are they going to play defense? They're going to play it. In a lot of ways, there are times he's going to have to learn as a second-year guy. He's going to have to learn when to take the chances, when to you know when to calculate these moves, when it's the right time to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, if the coach says he needs to be less aggressive, then that's probably what you know they'll be because giving up a 12-yard pass, a nine-yard pass, or whatever. It's not as bad as obviously fifty-yard touchdowns, and so you know, give, getting rid of those chunk plays, it, it, it might it might lose a little bit from him. I might say something controversial right here. Oh, I he got beat for a touchdown. If you go back and watch the replay, was it just a case of him being this over-aggressive corner? I went back and watched it, and I I asked Dan Quinn about this yesterday. I asked Trayvon about it too. Really good throw, really good catch. Like. Go watch it. He he stops short when he does a stop, and then when he goes, Trayvon's right with him. Like it's not like he tried to jump a route that wasn't there and was trailing the play by three yards. Like I thought the coverage was pretty good. And so the reason I say controversial is I'm like, am I making excuses if I just tend more toward well, yeah, you're gonna get beat sometimes in the NFL. I think the play that I would want back more was the defensive pass interference in the front of the end zone where he just got there too quickly. That's aggressive right there. That's And I get it. It's a tough play to make, but you put him on the goal line by getting there too quick. You just I would think you can time that up better. I have more issue with that than the double All still move. the same issue, though, the sure. aggressiveness. Yeah. I, I and mean, so the question is, do you think that they need to coach him to be a little less aggressive, or do you think they just can't let him keep playing? I let him keep playing, honestly. I the results are good to this point and it's the same thing as the offense like 
we, we like Nick said in the first segment, like we can press panic buttons if this turns into a trend. And Trayvon has given up yards. Mm. That's kind of been consistent throughout the season, but the the returns to this point are worth the risk, in my opinion. Um, so I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Dave, because the way I look at it, I I think that you need playmakers on this defense with the kind of offense that you have in most weeks. Not this last week. Obviously, we're not talking about that. But in in general, what we've seen from this offense this year is that they're highly explosive. They'll create a lot of points. They're going to put pressure on the opposing team's offense to continue to score. In that kind of instance, I'd rather have the aggressive type who can get some turnovers, who can make them pay for being aggressive, for having to be aggressive, rather than somebody that sits back and just always gives up the 9, 12, whatever yard uh, uh, catch and never actually takes a chance and creates the turnover win when you get them in a, an advantageous situation. I'll even go as far as to say, and again, I, I haven't had a chance to watch the All-22, I'm sorry, but I think somebody, maybe it was Dan Quinn, just made the point, or maybe it was McCarthy, that defenses have had a month to see what he doesn't handle well and what he does and it's I mean, he it seems like he has trouble with over routes these mm. you know these long routes that cross the field remember Thielen had a big one on the fourth and one really one of the most back-breaking plays in that Denver game for me was the third down it was only like an 11 yard mm. gain but Teddy slipped the pressure and just threw a beautiful ball to Patrick right on the other side of the sticks and that was it looked like it was Trayvon's guy at least at the start of the snap I, again I don't know maybe he tried to pass him off or whatever but on those plays where it's hard to get leverage, that's where it seems like he struggles to me. But the, yeah. the fact of the matter with that, I think almost every cornerback in sure. the league struggles yes, with that. That, that is, is a very hard route That is route probably to the defend. hardest route yeah. to defend in man is that, that deep drag route because the, the, the guy has the leverage. He has the inside position to be able to go across well, field and trying to keep up with that is just very difficult. Well, right. And then the very next play was a 44-yard touchdown. So, I mean, he had him chasing all over the field on that play. Didn't make the play. Extended the drive. First down. The very next play, they line up on the same side, and they beat him for a touchdown. Yeah. I think more so than anything with his play style, I worry. I just worry about the challenge of being kind of a lightning rod because I think that's what Trayvon is right now. He's leading the league in interceptions. Cowboys can't keep his jersey on the shelves. Fans are just dying like, oh, Diggs, he's the, oh, he's our new Dion. And then he plays for the Dallas Cowboys, so everybody who doesn't love him hates him and thinks he's overrated. Mm-hmm. And you can like search his name on Twitter. You'll get both. Yeah. It's a lot. I've been yeah. asked that ten times. Is yeah. he overrated? And, of yeah. course, I answer the same thing. What's his rating? Like I hate that question. Which well, well, what is his rating? And, well, the the thing that and the, I'm just relaying the information. I don't have an opinion on it, but I think PFF graded him out like 101 overall in terms of his coverage grade for the season, and that made a big wave on social media. And social media is not a real place, but that's this that stuff weighs on players. They don't like to admit it. Some of them are better at blocking it out than others. But there's just a firestorm around how good or not good Trayvon Diggs is right now, and I hope he doesn't let that get to him. Yeah. I mean, but, but honestly, that's, that's a lot of what I think we already kind of knew about him. Was he take chances, he can make some plays, he's got great hands, but, but he also but can get beat. Last year, he was a nice little bright spot on a bad team that yeah. nobody was really paying attention to. Now he is the face of of the defense of the most polarizing team in the league. And that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, Dak like Dak is probably the only person on this team that can truly relate to what that's like. Well, you, know? you think his profile is bigger than, than Parsons right now? Yeah. 
He did. He's on he's on pace. First, I mean, and first of all, Mike is a rookie. Second of all, Diggs is on pace to break like the all the all time ever record in the NFL. Like that was the pace. I don't know if he's still on it, but you yeah. get my point. And then he plays this position that is also polarizing where you're either locked down or you're a bum. Like there's no in between. You're either getting cooked or nobody can throw on you again in the eyes of fans and social media, which shouldn't matter as much as it does, but that's the world that we live in. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's do this real quick. I want to get to this other topic regarding the defense. Uh, Cowboys uh, yesterday, Mike McCarthy said that, that, uh, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I think it was Dan Quinn maybe even that said it, uh, but he said they had 14 missed tackles this game and this this game, uh, which was a season high for them. Um, are you concerned at all about teams that that come out and have that kind of running game? Like again, it doesn't even have to be a great running back, but just lining up and and just running the ball right at this Cowboys defense. We saw New England have some success doing it. Are you at all concerned about what that tape looks like? And if there are other teams out there that are willing to do that, and it, and on a day when you can get their offense not to be as explosive. It looks like it's something that can be an Achilles heel for this Dallas defense. Uh, yes, you have to be concerned by it because they don't. Um, they 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 have speed. They have they're more undersized. They can get to the quarterback. They can get around and make plays. But if you get hat on a hat, they're going to lose battles. Even Micah Parsons is going to lose some of those battles right there. Leighton Vanderesh is not doesn't seem like the same guy he was a couple years ago as far as taking on some of those blocks and getting hit like that. Uh, the defensive line, um, Osa, those guys are quick. They got out, they got out there fast, but when they don't, they get beat. They they, they get you know they get uh, well. Not, let me ask you: back. Do you think that that maybe their quickness and their aggressiveness is also what's getting them that, that they're trying to get upfield so quick that sometimes yes. you just yeah. right out of the gap, right? Of course. And so you know, the, there's just not a lot of big, strong, fast guys. You know, in the NFL, I mean, not super big and super fast. It just doesn't always work. DK Metcalf or Warren Sapp is special, right? I mean, right. those guys that they're just not yeah. normal. So it's one or the other. Yeah. And Dexter Coakley, Dat Win, those guys, they could fly around and. Sl- Slither around and all that, but when they got hit by Big Sixty Two coming right at them, they probably lost that one. Yeah. So it's concerning. It, it's concerning that that they the way that the makeup is. I think Neville Gallimore, when healthy, will help, and I think Tank Lawrence is a really good run stopper for being a, a, a defensive end that's high profile. He's a good run stopper. Torrance Armstrong the same, and I, I wonder how much more they're going to give him because I think he's a better, as good a run stopper as he is now. He's not a a perfect player. Yeah. But I think he's a good run stopper. I, I'm, I'll be interested to see how much they work him into the game. This is, a, and I'll adjust as I go if I'm wrong, but that more than anything, I think, is the evidence that this team just wasn't mentally ready on Sunday because it was ugly. But at the end of the day, Denver ran for 4.6 per carry, which is good, but not incredible. I mean, it's. And it's, a lot of it was they got gashed well, for big plays. So, yeah. but here's the thing. New England ran for 4.4. Minnesota ran for 4.2. Like, they're not that great against the run. They haven't been all year. Mm -hmm. Having a lead is part of that. Mm -hmm. But even in closely contested games like New England and Minnesota, they had some success with the run. But did you see just that embarrassing sort of effort where guys are constantly getting free? Like, Dalvin Cook had one 19-yard rush. I think it was Stevenson had a 20-yard rush. But by and large, they're fighting for those yards. Mm -hmm. You're not seeing these lapses. What we saw Sunday was just probably seven plays that should have ended 
with a four or less yard carry that went much longer. The really embarrassing one, obviously, being when Javante Williams was like in a bear hug and just was like, nope, y'all are all, yeah, I'm done with all of y'all. Yeah. 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 Um, and like, it, it, it's just such an outlier from what we've seen, even when in games when they weren't good, you know, which just makes me think. I don't think y'all were ready to get smashed yeah. 25 times the way I mean, that you typically should be. I think it's pretty obvious when you look at it. I mean, no one's going to say it. I'll say it, but they miss Jalen Smith. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, I was, and, on, and I was, I was bracing myself. I was like, all right, Here let's comes go. Something. Here no, comes the I mean, controversy. Stop it, Nick. No, they they don't. I don't think anyone does right now. He hasn't been picked up, right? I don't I'm, think so. We would have heard that. Not that I'm sure. aware of. Um, Let's just leave him alone. No, no, but but they they miss a a, a physical presence there, and 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 Parsons and and Layton they they are they're physical players and they they can do that. But I mean, I'm not saying that they miss Jalen Smith when when they miss the guy that was going to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. They miss that guy. I mean, he misses himself like that. I mean, but that 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 guy's not here anymore. But they do miss a big physical presence there and, and that's one thing that he provides and, and you know Jabril Cox wasn't going to do that he's more of a safety type guy I know I mean he did knock Daniel Jones out pretty good but I'm yeah. just I'm just saying they they need some physical type linebackers and and well, I brought not just linebackers I brought this up on Twitter yesterday too and I don't know this for sure it's an underreported thing that they haven't had Brent Urban for two weeks either and that's he's not uh, his stats are not great, but that's his job is to yeah. just clog things up for everybody. He's a super True. strong physical guy. He's playing thirty percent of the snaps before he got hurt. Probably um, early rushing downs would be your guess, right? Um, having said that, somebody who doesn't know anything about football could watch that game against Denver and see that they were just running off right tackle at will. Mm-hmm. And that's not a Brent Urban thing. That's yep. a setting the edge thing. I mean, back which, to Armstrong, well, I'm wondering, yeah. Back to Demarcus Lawrence. Can you hurry back, please? Because he, I know people don't want to hear it because of how much money he makes, but, man, he's good at that. I, yeah. I, I want to know what the NFL record is for, for tackles for loss in a loss. I mean, that, that's not normal. Ten tackles for loss. That's that's a division. Yeah, it, was, it was feast or famine in that game. But that's, by the time that's Alabama taking on, you know, Samford. Yeah. You know, like that's that's what happens when a you know FBS takes on the FCS. Yeah. By the time the game was over, you know, we get together after it's over and kind of huddle about what we want to write about, and everybody's like, "Yeah, Micah." And in my head, I was like, "Really?" Like, cause, I mean, and he did. He had an amazing game, but by the time it was over, I just it just felt like an afterthought. Because did you talk to him? No, I did not. But he was pissed. He's pissed. He gets pissed after wins. I mean, he's just that's just his his nature. I mean, he's that's what I said yesterday about you know I I like what they what they have with him yeah. because I think he just he's one of those guys. I mean, just it's a cliche, but he's a football player. That's what he is. You know, know what position he is: linebacker, defense man. He's a football player. He wants to keep getting better. Um, We'll see what happens, you know, in the next couple of years. He'll, he's going to get asked to do a lot of things. He already is getting asked to do all the, all that. If he keeps that kind of drive, which I think he will, I mean, I think he can be a really special player. Yeah. 
Yep. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the decision that they made to keep Dak playing uh, in the end of the game. We had some re- uh, response from McCarthy on that yesterday. Uh, even Jerry this morning. It sounds like they're they're sticking yeah. by their decision. I want to get your opinions on whether you think it was the right decision. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf, The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. It's just Christmas all the yeah, time around here, even it's though it's November. Chris. Santa at the star this holiday season. Visit Santa to get your photo with him. Santa. Presented by Monument Realty. Santa Claus will be at his Cowboys-themed cottage in the Star District across from Ascension at the Star Boulevard from November 26th through December 24th. For more information and to book your photo, visit thestardistrict.com. Merry Christmas and welcome back to the final segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the show. Just like that. I do music. too. I want it just, for, we so want Trayvon Diggs to be aggressive at times. Pick it's, your spot. like an ASMR type of deal, huh? Okay. <laughs> All right. What were you saying, Dave? I went for a bike ride on Saturday. Yeah. Got Saturday off because we're at home. Yeah. Went for a ride around the neighborhood, went and, out to the lake. And you saw Santa. I saw every other house on my way to the lake was just all there's zombies in the front yards and skeletons. But go ahead and tell me that it's Christmas time. It's fine. Hey, our our lights are going to be put up this week, man, and I cannot wait. Weirdos. Cannot wait. It's Is Christmas awesome. your favorite holiday? You know, well the no the holidays are my favorite holiday because I get to incorporate Thanksgiving, Christmas, my birthday, Dave's birthday. Like, there's so much stuff to be grateful for during this season. I love it. It's awesome. Right? 
Maybe that's maybe that's where this comes from. Is like what is Dave's birthday? Fourteenth. Oh, there you go. Hey. It's the same as my day. It's okay. easy. It's easy to remember for me. Got him. There. Yeah. Maybe there's something like fourteenth December. Yeah. You know, us December babies. Yeah. You always have to. It's like, well, what about me? Like, it's my birthday too. Definitely. Like, maybe that's part of it. Where it's like, hang on, we got other stuff to get to before we can worry about Christmas. One year we had four birthdays like in five days. Yeah, it's like Dave and Amber and Brian, Brian and Mickey. Mickey. Mickey, yeah, everybody's in December. Almost you make everybody. it like you're like one year. That's pretty much every year. No, I know. Brian's the only one who's gone. I, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, and he's still kind of around. He's still kind of around. I just around. meant yeah. maybe the way the week felt, and it wasn't a weekend. It was with, uh, whatever. <laughs> What's your favorite <laughs> holiday? Your going? Christmas. I he love, just doesn't want us to rush it. That's I, his old I point. just, you know, that, that I don't know. Like, I love the idea of... Thursday's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving gets its own thing. Everybody, you have the big meal. And then Friday, if you're into Black Friday, go for it. That's not for me. But college foot, the rivalry games are on, and you can start putting the tree and the decorations up yeah. while the Iron Bowl's on. It's just, that feels right to me. But I'll tell you But this. if you want to put your tree up now, that's, it, this is America. Even, you know? in, even in years where I wasn't like Star Christmas early like I am now. It was still a tradition. Like for years, it's been a tradition for me. On my ride to the stadium Thanksgiving morning for a Cowboys Thanksgiving game, I play Christmas music. Just because it's, to me, that's kind of the beginning of the Christmas holiday is Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it's always I, that's, that's fine. That, that like Thanksgiving weekend is when all bets are off, in my okay. opinion. All right. So we're fair there. Which is two weeks away. But <laughs> so stop it. You, you do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. I'm just saying. <laughs> that was his way of saying. So stop all the other stuff. All right. Uh, all right. So real quick, Dak Pres- Prescott played into the fourth quarter. Game was well out of hand. I think everyone knew at that point it was what it was. They were not going to win that game. He was still out there and playing. Mike McCarthy yesterday doubled down on that, said it was the right decisions, what they needed to do. Dak said, hey, if anybody would have told me to come out, I would have been like, no, I'm not coming out. I'm playing. That all being said, do you <laughs> right? Do you agree with the idea that he should have been playing at that point, or do you just kind of like, yeah, it's fine. He can keep playing. It's it's good for for them to find some rhythm before the next game. One thousand percent agree, and I'll tell you why. Agree with what? I agree that he should have been out there. If he wanted to be out there, he should have been out there. He's the leader of the team, and the the example I have is the fourth quarter against Denver, twenty seventeen. That moment will always stick out to me as far as Dak Prescott is a football player that is out here. He's a quarterback, but he is a he is a baller. He threw a pick, I think Aqib Talib. It was either Talib or Chris Harris. I don't remember. Who. He went 100 yards. Oh, yeah. Dak's running 95 yards around there, battling with blockers and stuff, trying to make the tackle. All that his running back certainly didn't chase anybody that day. Uh, he was just trying to get over 10 yards, and I don't think he made it. Eight. Yeah. He struggled that day. That was a long and game. It was a, yeah, but not Dak. Yeah. Dak was playing the whole game. He fought his ass off that day. That was the one time that I remember. It was his second year, but I was like, this guy right here, win or lose, like he he, he can go to the foxhole with player. me. Yeah. And um, – and and he did the same thing. So you don't expect. I mean, a win or lose, fourth quarter, he's your guy. You can't be the guy when you know when when it's going well. You got to be the guy all the time. And mm-hmm. he has been the most consistent when it comes to that. So he's got to be out there. It was Talib. You're right. Uh, it, it this is the same argument as the preseason. Like there's yeah. the being smart. 
You don't need to be out there versus football players play football during football season. Like, that's what they do. Uh, I think you could probably strike a balance. I didn't have a problem with the first drive. The game got out of hand. They looked terrible. He hadn't played in three weeks. Live action reps are a good thing. I get all that. And they went and scored. I don't, you make fun of me if you want. Keep getting the shutout out of there is mm. important. Just, Y'all were both like, yeah, no, they, they need to get I'm, school. I'm kicking a field goal. I, I'm not not getting shut. No, I would like yeah. down, whatever it takes. You no. get points. Yes. Down fifty points on the five yard line. I'm kicking the and with, I, with I'm, two seconds left. I'm the go for it guy, <laughs> yeah. but I'm kicking the field goal at that point because it's like, well, you're not this, gonna. I'm not gonna have to think about this game this forever. This like game's my not, only shutout. This you know? game's not going in the media guy. This isn't right. gonna be a sense. <laughs> right. This no, no, yeah, we're not yeah. doing that. But, and I, I told Todd Archer, who sits next to me for ESPN, and he's writing a story about 1991 and an Eagles home, and I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry. Now you can just delete that because they ain't, they're not getting shut out. Yeah. So, there's a balancing act. I thought the first drive, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. The second drive, I was kind of like, what are we doing here? Why we're we're tempting fate? And I get everything you just said, but Dak is a guy that needs to be protected from himself. That's what we've been saying this whole time. He's gonna push it. And maybe even too hard. And then to score the second touchdown and run a QB keeper for the two-point conversion, what are we doing? And that, like, it's football and we play football and that's just the play. No, we got to use our heads a little bit more than that, guys. We got to not be running our quarterback in a BS situation in a game that's already been decided. So what happens if, and I think Mm. one of y'all mentioned this, Dak does get pulled out. 30 to nothing, you're out. And they lose thirty to sixteen. What happens then? Meaning, Nothing like Cooper Rush opinion. leads a scoring drive, two scoring drives down. Oh, the field. It doesn't change anything, care. in my opinion. I don't care. I don't think change it anything. No. Not at all. Not not y- y'all too. Maybe not. But I, honestly, I don't think for anybody because I don't think there's anybody out there that's going to make the claim that Cooper Rush is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Nobody with any real understanding of what's happening on the field is going to make that claim. Cooper's mom. Okay, fine. Cool. But by the way, Cooper's mom thought that this before the game started. <laughs> she thought that she thought that before the game started. This doesn't change that no, for her. I'm not saying it changes anything. I'm just there's there's some arguments you don't really want to deal with. You know, Dak doesn't want to deal with that. We saw it at Hard Knocks. He doesn't want to deal yeah, with I, that. Yeah, I think Dak, but I think that's also because Dak is just a football player. He okay. wants to play. If the okay. if the game's going on, he wants to play. Okay. I, I get it. I'm not going to sit here and say that they would be like, oh, we should play this guy or not, not play this guy. But I think it, then it comes down to, was he ready? Because if everyone believes that Dak's better than Cooper Rush, then why is it that Rush comes in, he played he played really great against, or played well against Minnesota. They won. And then why is he coming in here doing this when Dak didn't? Because we know at that point in the game, for the same reason the Cowboys got 16 points there at the end of the game, defenses play you different when they're up 30 yeah, to nothing. It's not well, we didn't quarter. have to deal with it. So we didn't. I mean, I would... I I would kill for somebody to try to make that argument to me if that had happened. <laughs> I'll I'll eat it alive. I mean yeah. that's whatever. It would it, it would come. It, it's it not does. about who's the better quarterback. It was the guy wasn't ready. He wasn't well, ready to well, come back and play. We thought he was. We thought one game or that he he was. That was immediately. I mean, still make the argument that he wasn't ready to play. Yeah, maybe he, he obviously played. he played really poorly. It had nothing to do with his calf. I mean, go look at the way he was running for his life all day. Yeah. That that play I brought up earlier, he gets flushed by three man pressure. He does like two loop de loops and then jo- gets out to the to the boundary and then heaves it 
to Dalton Schultz, it must have been a 60-yard throw. You don't do that on a bum calf. So, yeah, he was rusty. He looked like crap. I think think that was the worst game. (laughs) That was the worst game that he's played since Cooper got here. Bar none. Amari. Even I mean, even like Buffalo nineteenth, Buffalo yeah. Thanksgiving two years ago, Chicago two years ago. Like he's played some stinkers. I think that was the worst he's ever played since he kind of became, since he took that step. And it happened to coincide with a day when a lot of other guys around him were also having sure, bad days. Bad. You had receivers that when he did get the ball to him, didn't catch it. You had offensive linemen that I know, and I saw so somebody on Twitter that was making an argument. Well. It, it, he actually had more time than he normally has in the pocket. This was about Dak. Well, no, I think the, the problem is if you watch a lot of those plays, he might have had a little more time before he threw the ball, but he was running for his life early on. And and there were a number of times that, that basically still just got beat around yeah. the corner, and Dak was the one extending the play because he'd get out of that and then try to right. look for an opportunity to get the ball down I don't, the field. I don't like that stat at all because it, it it's it's not, not always indicative of what happened. The stat was, I mean, how long he took before he, th- he threw the ball. Well, some quarterbacks can, can extend that play longer than others, roll out there because mm-hmm. of their athleticism and then throw. It's like, well, it took three seconds. It's not like he was standing there, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. If you throw, it was one holy f roll right whatever throw. Yep. So yeah, so yeah. I, I just think it was it, that that was the tough part for this game is that not real no one on the offensive side. I don't think there was a single person on the offensive side of the ball that had a good day. What's the fine? There were a lot of guys that had their had an off day. What's the fine for cussing? I feel like the last two days I'm for getting who? closer. I'm getting you? me. I'm getting closer and closer. It's a job thing. Somebody depending asked on me, the words you, you know, use. You know what's funny? Somebody wow. asked me that question. <laughs> Somebody asked me that question. Hadn't heard that before. Huh? Last week. It's not in the manual. <laughs> I told you this too. They're asking about is our show live, and I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. live. And they said, well, what happens if you drop an f bomb? Who's got the button? And I'm like, there's no button. Really? He's got the button. Like, Heidi's got yeah, the button. <laughs> they, yeah, like yeah. the Cowboys, like the third floor, they've got the button. We just don't do it. Yeah. Like, well, what if you drop an f bomb in the middle of the show? I'm like. Then, then you probably just say, okay, go ahead and pack you, up your stuff. You, you know, don't. You know, we go upstairs and we say, hey, Will, can you go in and kind of mess around with that? Because I <laughs> no, said something. I, I make that have. call immediately like, don't make this live. Yeah. You get, like, a, you you get have a to folder. Make an edit. I've had, I, I've had some, I've had some moments. I've definitely yeah. had some dicey. We've never gotten to that point, though. Luckily. Mm-hmm. Yes, Derek. Yes, we've never gotten to that point. Knock on aluminum. I do get a little worried every time we have somebody like Charles Haley on, though, because oh, I'm God. like, I don't know where Charles is going to go with whatever answer he has. But luckily, I don't recall us ever having that. This is purely a quibble. It's not, it's not worth saying, but I'm just going to say, I think Ezekiel Elliott is allowed to like look at himself in the mirror and say, I played pretty well in this game. He played a good game. He made an outstanding catch that kind of spurred them on when the game was still. Was that the one where you took off down the sideline yep. after the injury, actually? Yep. Yeah. Averaged five yards a carry yeah. in a game where the run got away. I mean, it I, I wouldn't fight you on that it one. It doesn't matter, but like for as much as we kill him when he doesn't deliver, he he did his part to I try to help win that. this game. I wouldn't fight you on that. And the I game don't know got why. A, the game got away from him, yeah. and so they couldn't use him in the same way. But I don't know why I feel the need to bring that up. Like he's He'll be fine. Fair. His paycheck. He got his paycheck today, and it's very large. But and he's good. He, yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? I mean, if he gets – and it wasn't necessarily his fault. Um, but if he, gets, if he can get one yard on the first drive of the game, on the fir- fourth and one, I mean – 
it's it, weird. Things can change totally differently. Yeah. And now they yeah. still have to go further and score again. I mean, that was only like the 40-yard line or 35 or whatever. But um, I thought, and I had to look at it again, I, I thought he got cute trying to cut it back there when he didn't stay with the blockers on that play. But – I mean, I haven't really looked at the end zone angle. I just felt I felt like the yeah. play was going that way, and he and a lot of times you can kind of cut it back. And you know, he's run the ball more than I have in games, but I um, so. I, I don't know. I just thought you know the it's flowing that way. You've got Lyell, you've got um, Zach Martin, you got the tight end. Like trust them, do their thing, and you can get one. And he kind of cut it back. And I mean, you're cutting it back behind Biotis at that point, and. <laughs> Nothing I'm against sorry, him, but he's not the other two. Yeah. You know, he's not the right side. That's why you run right. You play right-handed, and so um, I'm with you. I mean, he played great, but I mean, those plays that, affected. No, it's I I I honestly forgot about the early fourth down. There's more to it than just him not getting it. But yeah, I mean, could have changed the whole early part of that game. You by know, picking that up. You know, and we didn't talk about this yesterday. I I was a little nervous you know, just kind of like this doesn't feel right you know it's noon and it, you know there's there's a lot of orange and i thought there would be but it's you know it's like okay that's a lot you know just keep looking and like okay it, you you got to have a spark here and tony pollard breaks off a 50 yard 54 yard kickoff return and that bench was insane like they were jumping around and they got the crowd into it i was like you know this could be a play i'm always looking for those five plays i'm like this could be one that that you could remember and go, hey, you know, th- there could have been a little bit of a letdown, but boom, Tony Pollard, fifty yards, and then they're going to go score, right? Four and out, and so I was like, wow, Denver did a nice job of weathering that and saying now nah, and stopping them. That was kind of key because that kickoff return was setting them up to get them sparked. Yeah, I thought I thought they were going to blow them out up until probably up until the the long touchdown that made it what 13 nothing yeah like for the like the whole first even after denver scored the first touchdown i was like this has happened a million times i thought they would win on the block punt i thought nothing oh for sure the Cowboys are when, win when it was game. 16 to nothing i was like okay this is setting up for the cowboys to have one of those games where they come back and they didn't play well in the first half and now they get going That's... and they win this game it wasn't until much later like dak said when you have that realization that yeah, today they're not going to win. <laughs> they're they're really not going to win. Take your pick. Yeah. Even going all the way back, like the the we bring up the Jets game so much. Even then, it go it went down to the final play. Like it's very unusual in my experience for a Cowboys team to just never kind of claw back into it. Yeah. Just the whole thing is just a beating from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll start talking Cowboys versus Falcons. Nick already let you know he, the Cowboys are going to wreck the Falcons this week. We're going to get into it tomorrow. <laughs> We're gonna talk Have about we it. learned our lesson? Absolutely not. No, not at all. We're going to double down. Nah, they're gonna, uh, this they're will gonna be hammer. tomorrow. We'll talk some Falcons offense versus the Dallas defense. Till then for Nick Eaton MC and Dave Hellman. Hammer. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!